So Joshua has this thing on his arm. I believe it's in Hebrew, yes. correct? It says, he who angers me controls me. And I feel as though that is such a very true statement. And not only in the sense of, like, anger. I think that that's a true statement in a lot of aspects. Uh, we give our emotions to people, and they tend to control us. Like, whether we're angry or we're happy or we hold on to past experiences, those instances give people in that moment power, right? I mean, right. like, what, what was the idea behind your tattoo? used to be a really angry person as I started developing and really like digging into who I was or what I was, I realized I didn't know thing about it. All I knew was is that there was a lot of me giving a lot of anger towards everything else. And it was almost like an awakening. Like at that point, I've spent, I don't know, I think it was 19, 20. You know, when I got the tattoo, I'm almost 40 now. So 20 years ago, you know, you know, growing more and more intelligent as your brain's developing, you're really dissecting or unpacking what's going on and when I started doing that I realized that a lot of what was going on with me is not a lot anything to do with me it's me giving everything I was to the environment that I like held on to later it was anger so I really didn't have a lot for myself um was it anger because you were mad or was it anger because it was just a hostile environment that brought out those emotions well you know the it, it began like as anger you're mad ripped here you're you know sent there you're wherever and as a kid you don't have a voice you know and this was the 90s the you know where mental health wasn't really anything you know it's oh he's acting out let's you know throw him on ritalin or you know he's diagnosed adhd let's you know whatever the 90s 90s kids know you know it, it really started with you know being young and not having a voice or being boisterous but not being heard right like so that that really makes you angry and I think I think when you're a kid you're expected to have the adults expect you to act like an adult you know keep yourself together be a good boy be a good girl but then they also put you in this box of oh you're a kid you don't know and so like i feel like kids have a lot of pressure maybe not so much anymore because of, of the awareness that we've brought you know to society especially millennials this he who angers me controls me is more of like not necessarily like oh the guy cut me off and he pissed me off or oh that person hurt my feelings so i'm mad at them no like i think this goes a lot deeper than that in the sense of you know a lot of people are coming out especially millennials that they were raised um, in hostile environments, you know, uh, you're not allowed to express emotion. You're not allowed to show turmoil. You're not allowed to talk about problems at home. And I think that a lot of people, especially when they're hurt like that, they block it out or they get mad in that moment and they're stuck in that moment for their entirety. You know, I mean, I know plenty of people, even within my family, um, that were abused as children. And I mean, mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually, and they've never moved past it. And they're now, you know, in their 30s trying to deal with stuff that happened when they were seven because they're stuck at seven and nobody will listen still. Not like mentally, right? They're functioning. Yeah. I mean, they're a functioning adult. They have a job. They, you know, like all that. I'm saying that they've never gotten over that trauma. So they're not healed and they'll forever hold that anger. That anger will always be in them. And you can tell when they lash out over the smallest of things that they're just an angry or sad person. 
because they have trauma that they've never dealt with. And I feel like you and I have had this conversation, especially early on in our relationship, when I heard about your childhood and, you know, all of the things that stemmed from your childhood that you've now brought into your adulthood and some of those things that have affected our children Mm -hmm. because you've never dealt with the trauma or the anger or the neglect. Right. No, you know, there was, there was nobody to to talk to. You're molded of your environment. I'm not saying we can't break out of that. You know, you're molded from that. And like you said, like being stuck, that's where I was. And, you know, to deal with, you have these weird emotions and a logical thinking human being and not a, a, a child. We established that, you know, very well, right? Like, like you were very forthcoming with your life. I was with mine. And that set really the foundation of like that healing started then, right? Because I didn't even know. Right. I, I feel like you didn't even <laughs> acknowledge that these things had happened to you. You're like, oh, yeah. that was just life. Like that was just normal. Like I knew, but it was a story, right? Or like comparison. It, it just kind of became like a mindset, right? Like, oh, you're going through hardship. Yeah, but it wasn't as hard as this, right? And so now it's like that one upper type thing. Right. And, become, and it kind of leads into victimness or whatever. But I didn't realize that that I hadn't dealt with it at, at all. Like, I could talk about it in story, joke. But, like, to actually, like, sit down and face it, you know, that's that's different. That That's, a, like, for a man. And I have a daughter that looks to her dad for protection and everything, you know. And I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, childhood trauma you know, PTSD from this, but, you know. Well, let's not discount that, though. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, it is PTSD because you've never dealt with that trauma. And let's face it, I mean, you do get panic attacks and you don't know where they come from and you don't know Mm -hmm. why they were there. And the biggest thing for me is when, when I met you and I was hearing your story is all I heard and it killed me and I might get emotional, but is all I saw was a child that had nobody. And all I could think about was our children. Mm. Because, I mean, I've faced my own demons as a child. You know, I've had my own trauma, but I dealt with it. I dealt with it as a young adult, not as a child, but a young adult, I dealt with it. And I've overcome it. And I just couldn't imagine treating my children or allowing somebody to treat my children the way that I was treated. And when you told me your story about you know, your, your trauma as a child, this is, this is not a bash of our parents for what they did to us. Like, I don't, I don't want this to turn into that. What I'm saying is our parents, everybody's parents, you know, that didn't, that it didn't willfully neglect their kids and didn't like intentionally beat their children. Cause there are parents out there that do do those things Mm -hmm. intentionally. I'm saying they did the best they could with what they had when they had it with us. I'm not saying that and they that, did this willfully or intent, in, intentionally or any of that. I'm saying this is from our perspective. That's the foundation that they were from their parents raised raised off of or, or you or know lack or, of or lack of, right? And so so this isn't this is just a reality. I love my mom, I love my dad, like I I love my parents. But from that that anger came from that from not having a voice as a kid that translated into adulthood and you know that that gets projected you know sometimes on 
I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I have to to step back, right? And like take that like 10 second, 15 second, this PTSD management tips, tricks, whatever to, to kind of, to help that, to manage that, right? But, you know, it, and now rationally, as an adult, I'm trying to like focus on transition, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and it, and it takes a lot of time, but now the only power I'm relinquishing, you know, in anger is to myself. I think that a lot of, you know, overcoming and taking our power back is forgiving. Um, not only those that harmed us or angered us, but also forgiving ourselves and giving ourselves grace to feel the feelings that we're feeling and move on from them. Um, I There's one example, and I know that my brother would be okay with me sharing it. I lost a child when I was 19 years old. Um, she was a stillborn. Um, and then a year later, I had my son, my middle child, Drake. And then I got pregnant again. I was about 16, 17 weeks pregnant when I found out that I was, and I was considered high risk. And my brother ended up moving in with me shortly before my first ultrasound. And when I went in to get my first ultrasound, um, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And so it was almost like, I don't even know how to explain the emotion because there was really just lack of emotion. But my brother got angry at me one night. I don't even remember what the fight was about. I want to say it was about the mother of his child. But I can't even, in description, tell you what the fight was about. But he got mad at me. And he told, he told me that I was just a baby killer. Like, that was... And this was my best friend. We did everything together. And I held on to that anger for years. I want to say a decade. I want to say I held on to that anger for a decade. And that was the last time that I actually physically saw my brother in person. We just haven't crossed paths. I mean, I've definitely, we definitely talk now, but I held on to that anger for such a long time. I don't know. I think it was the year after you and I had met, I finally decided I couldn't fully give myself to you and all of my happiness and all of my joy and everything until I let go of that anger. And the only way I could do that was to forgive him. And I never told him, I forgive you because I wasn't forgiving him for his sake. I was forgiving him right. for my sake. And I forgave myself too because I almost took his words to heart in the sense that maybe I am a baby killer, which obviously I know I'm not. It was out of my control completely. But I had to let that go. I had to let all of the anger go. I had to forgive him. I had to forgive myself. And I had to give myself grace. And when we do that, we relinquish a lot of the power that we give other people. And we don't forgive them for their sake because fuck them. But we yeah. forgive them for our sake because we love ourselves. And we have to live with ourselves every day. If I anger you, your anger towards me is none of my business. That's mm. something you have to live with. I mean, I That's can't good. control your feelings. Right. So even if I forgave my brother, he was probably like, oh, I forgot about that conversation 10 years ago. I was the only one holding on to it. I, I, I want to say that everybody's feelings are always valid in any situation that they're in. They're always valid. Because your feelings are yours and nobody can tell you that you can't feel them or you can't feel them the way you want to feel them. But my biggest thing is you can have all your feelings in the world and that's completely fine. But it's not my job to validate you in your feelings or make you feel secure within those feelings. That's not my job. I, like I tell the kids all the time, if you're sad, be sad. 
that no matter what you're sad about, I can't tell you you can't be sad about that. Like, because I'm not in your body. I'm not in your brain. I don't know why it offended you the way it offended you. But let's absorb those feelings. Let's express those feelings. Let's do what we need to do with those feelings. And then let's move past those feelings. But in that, you also have to express those feelings to the person. Because, like, somebody like you, you don't, however somebody takes something, the way that a situation unfolded or whatever, whatever situation, however they took it, you don't think about that. Like, you don't. Correct. You, you don't even, it's not a second thought. Then you get 10 years down the road and I hate you. <laughs> well, I want to make it very clear. I never expressed my feelings to my brother. Never once. I don't even think he knows that I was mad at him for 10 years for that. I mean, he, he will now. But, um, <laughs> like, that just wasn't a thing. I, I want to give credit where credit may or may not be deserved. Um, my parents sent me to a rehab facility when I was 13 years old. Uh, I was never, I never did drugs. I was never into drinking. I never sold drugs. I never smoked the Mary Jane. I never, none of it. Okay. But I was sent to a rehab facility at 13 years old. And when I went there. It's funny that marijuana is an <laughs> icky word for you. I just, it's not icky. I just like, I'm like, how do I say it? I don't know. Um, no, like when I was there and I was only there for 11, 11 days. Okay. Like they were like, you don't need to be here. Why are you here? Um, they really understood that it wasn't just me that was crazy it was my whole family our whole communication was fucked like it was just bad but they helped me develop those skills in which self-reflection was a huge thing and I can't even remember my therapist's name I don't even think I said that right and I'm not repeating it but he was just this big Samoan guy and he was just like he looked super scary but he was just so nice and it didn't matter what I said to him or how I said it or like, he just took it, and he was like a soundboard, and then he was just, like, so logical in everything he said. Mind you, I'm 13 years old, and I never had that before, and I, I don't know. Like, I just took everything that he taught me and everything he didn't even say, and I just ran with it, and I just used it in my life, and here I am 30 years old, like, you know, and I'm still using those skills, and I'm sure he doesn't even remember me because I was only at this rehab facility for 11 days. You know, like it's I don't necessarily need somebody to hear my feelings, but I know that the majority of the population needs to express theirs. Right. And we make the joke all the time that I'm I have written on my forehead therapist, because no matter where we go, it doesn't matter if we're in the grocery it's, store. I was going to say the store. Like, the, like anywhere. The I could be at a soccer game. I could be. It doesn't matter. They unload. People unload on me. Things that you wouldn't tell strangers. And you're kind of forward. I, you're very forward. But I, I also feel like I'm not approachable, but apparently I'm extremely approachable. I don't know. To, I understand that people need to express their feelings. Right. And I'll let them. Unload on me. That's fine. Like, I'll carry your burden for about five seconds. Then once I'm out the door, I'm kicking it off my back. <laughs> you know, but like I think it makes people feel better. Oh, people need to be heard. Right. And I don't mind listening. Like, I'm a really good listener. I'm not a very good talker. You can ask my dad. But I'm a really good listener. <laughs> now. I talk a lot now. <laughs> Used to never. It's not even that. I just, I've never been one to talk about serious stuff because I feel like I don't want people to be burdened by my serious stuff. And it's mine. It's mine and mine alone. And I need to deal with those things. And I don't mind dealing with them on my own. They, like, it doesn't bother me. Obviously, we're together now, yeah. and I have you to 
burden my right. or bear my burdens. But like burden my bears. Burden my bears. Um, but you know, I just want I don't want to link relinquish any power. Especially with a lot of the things that even you and I have gone through with the right. people that we've gone through mm-hmm. that have, you know, betrayed us and, you know, walked a fine line on using stuff against us. And I hate to say that. Who who do you give your power to? Who my know? children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they bills, have all the power. Bills. <laughs> well, my biggest thing is like this is not about anybody specifically. Right. My thing is is we we as people are emotional beings. We always have been, we always will be. It's just more apparent now. Um things have been brought more to light in the last few years about mental health and emotional awareness and men have feelings too i mean i i listen to howie mandel constantly (laughs) you know and he's like one of the biggest advocates for mental health because i mean he is ocd Mm -hmm. so bad and i personally tiptoe around it because i almost feel like i have to give power to to the or to succumb to something you know i mean i've spent a lot of my life building myself up whoever's with me brings them along like that's my kids right like you know where we raise our children i do what i feel you know is right to do by them well so like i think i think it's still very much taboo to talk about mental health and especially as men i think like the majority of men are raised to be that the quote unquote non-emotional unemotional men don't cry whatever and a lot of men don't want to play victim to anything well, and they think that that's what it is well, they're playing a victim and, and look at it in the beginning like i mean it was it was almost like just deal with it like what do you, why why is that a big deal right like why is that an issue toughen up like what the hell buck up buttercup and that's and that's what it was you know so when we blended like i had to evolve with the time now right i wasn't like this old 1990s mental health right like there's a world and as our kids now right they just talk about mental health freely when i was a kid you didn't talk about home life but now everybody's they just freely talk about problems i don't know that's evolving you know and it's a new thing and i just see that every day there's something new some right so like i mean i was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when i was 15 years old and I never talked about it. I mean, I would say probably 90% of the people that know me don't even know that I, I have bipolar disorder. They do now. They do now. But um, <laughs> I, I think from the, day one. Right. Well, <laughs> I think the biggest thing about it and the reason I didn't talk about it, not because like I was afraid of some stigma that was attached to it, but my whole childhood and my whole life, I was always told, oh, that's, that's crying Ryan or that's emotional Ryan or this or that. And I didn't want to give validation to those Mm. people that something was wrong quote unquote that something was wrong with me you know because they always wanted to give an excuse for the way i acted and it's almost that person wins too right right and and so i just never talked about it because i was like i don't want to give those people the power of oh see i was right but it was it's so much more than that because when i'm six years old it's not bipolar disorder i'm sorry (laughs) but it's six i'm six years old i heard a wedding story from her dad me and my dad actually just talked about this story the other day. It was a wedding story about. <laughs> but, I mean, kids throw fits. Right. Whether they have ADHD, bipolar disorder, or they're just kids, they throw 
it. They have all of these emotions in their body and they don't know what to do with them. We are grown adults and we don't know what to do with them. We throw fits. We yell. We scream. We slam doors. But if our six-year-old does it, it's bad behavior. Right, because like our daughter changes weekly. I just have to adjust. You, you know, you just have to encourage them to one be responsible, be respectful to themselves, others around. I don't know. It's just a you just have to evolve with it. You know, you have to be progressive with with them. I think another thing too, and we've had this discussion, is when when kids are going through puberty. You huh. know, I mean. They've never had hormones their whole life up until now, ever. They don't they don't even know what that means. And now all of a sudden they're just flooded with all these hormones. Of course they're going to act out. Of course they're not going to know what to do with their body odor or their anger or their sadness or their, like, dealt with hormones. And now all of a sudden all they have is hormones. Right. I mean, I could only imagine because I've been pregnant, okay, and I, I'm used to hormones, but that flood of hormones, you're crying all the time. So I can only imagine what, what it's like to be in this teeny popper body going, what's happening? I've never experienced this before. And I feel like we as a society need to give our children a little bit more grace because we expect so much out of these kids, but we don't hold ourselves to the same standards. And we're adults. Yeah. We, we expect them to hold their composure and hold their emotions and hold all these things, but we don't whatever perspective you have on it just is what it is like get with it it's, it's only going to continue to evolve so i guess the, the the reason that we had talked about this podcast today was just because like we do we we tend to hand out our feelings to everybody we give the power to a lot of people every day all day throughout the day whether it's the person that cut us off in traffic or it's the lady at McDonald's that didn't get our order right or, you know what I'm saying? Like we give it to everybody throughout the whole day and then we wonder why we're so exhausted when we get home. And I think, I'm not saying we're giving our power to the lady at McDonald's, but I'm saying we're letting them control our emotions when we didn't even know what was going on on their side of the spectrum either. Sometimes we just have to realize that a lot of things are out of our control, especially when we're not the ones that are flipping the burgers on the other side or we're not the ones that are late to work cutting people off or there's two Child sides to every story. Right? Like, I mean, there's just always two sides I to mean, every story. I mean, sometimes those people are just assholes. Sometimes. I mean, you know, you really do have to take a step back. And I feel like we should just do a podcast of the crazy customers that I have on the phone every day. <laughs> and then, like, give, re you know, reality to, to that. But, I mean, I, I want to leave this podcast saying that mental health is very important. It's just as important as physical health. And, I mean, we, we rave physical health all the time. Go to the gym. Eat healthy. Do this. Also take care of your mind. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. Whether you're going to a therapist or you're seeing your doctor on the regular or you're just doing research or reading self-help books, I encourage mental health like nobody's business. Because if you're in the right mental state, you can conquer a lot of stuff. And it's valid. Luckily, I have a spouse that can tell me, hey, get your shit together, dude. When kids... When kids are talking, really pay attention to that because there's a problem going on. It is the end of the world, and and how you react to to that, they they don't they don't care what work was, you know. They 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 don't care what you have going on, you know. You you owe it to them to to focus on that and and progress and be open minded. All right, I'm gonna go out with a Bentley quote from last night. Uh, I was. <sighs> 
I was at home with the kids by myself because Joshua was on the road. But um, I'm, I'm, I was watching my show. I'm watching Love is Blind and I'm watching these people fall this... in love in the pods. Okay. Like I'm trying to watch my show. And Bentley comes at me. I don't know what he's saying. He's talking to me. We're sitting on the couch. I thought, I thought he was watching it with me. He had a million and two questions. And I was like, Bentley, I'm watching this. And he looks me dead in the eye, gets in front of my face, blocks my TV. And he says, Mom, I'm talking to you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> See you later, guys.